0: Welcome back to the Grappling Bulletin podcast. Uh, been a couple of weeks most of the team and i have been wandering aim- aimlessly across europe but good to be back here connor joshin what's going on
1: what's up man i'm actually super jealous i've uh, been picking Corey's brain for all the euros stories i heard they had some great adventures down there uh you know Corey got to go see some really cool legends of the sport got to see some great jiu-jitsu and now we're back in austin good to have you back man good to have you and the rest of the team back
0: definitely a little uh, little jet lag little set behind <laughs> uh but yeah we, we got obviously through paris we'll get into that a little bit later the 2023 IBJJF european championships was one of the cooler events i've ever been to if i'm being honest just the the venue the vibe in paris um euros is always a fun tournament right something mm-hmm. that's fun to be a part of but uh now they over the last couple years they've been venturing around not just in portugal but uh last year in rome this year in paris it feels like we and the grappling community at large get a chance to explore the world a little bit along with the sport and uh, get to see not just the different venues and the different cities but mm-hmm. the different cultures of every jiu-jitsu community.
1: Mm-hmm. Is there a so for next year's euros, you know? So far you've been to por- or you've been to Portugal, right? You've been to Portugal, you went to Italy, you've been to Paris. Where's your dream spot for the next 2024 euros?
0: I I liked Italy, I'd love to go back. I think uh Paris was probably one of the cooler cities i've ever been to, but i just think just for um, kind of the the way that jiu-jitsu has grown. I would love to see a Euros in Poland only because Ooh. the every year the Polish scene tends to come out and, and come out in droves. Right, like Adam Wardzinski, always one of the top performers at Euros. Uh, Maria jacek always one of the top performers at Euros, and so many other uh, very prominent Polish athletes. So I would love to see uh, Euros go to Poland in the next. Couple of years, but I'm sure there are plenty of other yeah. spots that um, it could
1: end up. So many beautiful spots, exactly. Uh, we'll probably we'll probably uh, you know try and make vacations out of it every yeah. time we can. <laughs> I know that you guys got to not only go to Europe, uh, you got to travel around. You said you spent some time in London. That was fun. So London
0: was another another cool adventure. Uh, just a couple days there, but we got to see uh, we got to get out and see a couple of uh, really really fun gyms there. One being uh, uh, ADCC. Uh, fourth place winner Owen O'Flanagan. we got to drop by his gym there will be a, a little little piece on that coming up later we spoke to him the interview is already up on the site but there's a a little bit of a deeper story behind kind of the the travel over to his gym so that's coming out later this week and then uh maybe the icing on the cake trey and i got to venture over to hodger gracie's academy in the center of hammersmith london uh-huh. and That was just, yeah, that was, uh, there's so much coming out of that trip. We're going to have a lot of cool content for you guys. uh, So stay tuned on that. But that was, yeah, that was, that was really
1: exciting. Hodger is the man. When you're, when you're traveling like that, do you, do you recognize in the moment you're like, wow, I'm kind of where every jujitsu guy ever dreams of being like in real time.
0: If I overlook it, I'm very quickly reminded by <laughs> by yeah. all of the... Uh, by Hodra Gracie. Well, him, like, there's, that, you or something. there's that too. So a little bit of a, a teaser. We have some cool rolling content uh, between me and Hodra coming out later. And uh, one thing he told me in the role, and then I think Hodra's father also told me maybe five minutes after I finished the role was... Everybody thinks they want to roll with Hodger Gracie. <laughs> Everybody thinks they want it. <laughs> and then They very quickly realize I don't want that. they don't want to roll yeah. with Hodger Gracie. Yeah, it's... And it's 100% true. I uh, appreciated every second of it, mm-hmm. but
1: I was not having a good time. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> Corey Stockton beats up Hodger Gracie on camera. We'll have it coming out soon. You heard it here. It's a promise. You like that? I don't That's know, good. I am I'm, I'm, I'm making a lot of like uh, checks for you. Let's man.
0: segue right into the, <laughs> <laughs> right, right into the show here. Uh, some huge news today mm-hmm. regarding who's number one. The the February 25th card, which of course, headlined by Gordon Ryan and Felipe Pan in their fourth match, their Love second it. on who's number one. Mm-hmm. No title in the match. Uh, can't wait to have this match once again on who's number one of course um we mentioned a couple weeks ago the co-main event giancarlo bodoni versus pedro Moreno for the light heavyweight title but uh, early this morning we announced four more matches coming to this card uh filling out the main card now there are still prelims that we have yet to announce still finalizing those but uh the very next match here jt torres making his who's number one debut finally a two time mm-hmm. adcc world champion jt torres against none other than majid hage connor what do you think about that match
1: man i love it i think uh, majid was probably one of the athletes ever since you know, some of the first trials started coming along, everyone on the team knew, man, that's something we got to kind of tap into. That's somebody we got to get onto one of our own cards. I'm just hoping he shows up in a super loose shirt, right? (laughs) I'm hoping, I don't know if we have anywhere in our rules about shirts versus rash guards, actually. I don't know if we've crossed that, Uh, but it's going to be a super exciting one. Obviously, both of these competitors, super game, super down. I'm really curious to see what JT Torres's game looks like in a who's number one rule set. He's obviously very well known for his passing pressure. Uh, you know, he, he's obviously a big, strong guy, but he has a way of just making his weight kind of exponential and, and really crush competition. But, you know, uh, obviously who's number one rule set isn't one where you're going to get the same kind of, um, you know, help with points, with, you know, getting credit for passes, et cetera. So whenever you're looking at it under a more sub only rule set, I don't know exactly how his game's going to uh, cross over. Now, obviously, highest level in the world, you know, everyone's game is going to work just fine to some degree, right? But this is a game of inches whenever you're talking about a high level who's number one match. So that's what I'm excited to see. Uh, two really wrestle heavy, two really like, you know, um, forward momentum kind of fighters now under a rule set that. We haven't actually gotten the chance to, uh, you know, pit them under, so it's going to be really fun for a a first-time matchup on who's number one for both of these guys. Absolutely,
0: and this is, as so many of the best matches are, a clash of styles. Mm -hmm. Uh, JT Torres, as you mentioned, some of the best pressure passing in the game. He is so good at getting on top of his opponents via strong wrestling, Mm -hmm. and then making them not want to be in the match with him. He he (laughs) has such a, a good job of just does such a good job of applying his pressure in a way that um he's slowly and kind of menacingly and methodically passing but never really finishes the pass until he has felt his opponent break mm-hmm. something that he's he's very good at now in a match where motion and action are required going to be interesting to see as as you mentioned i think how um the referee or the judges might get involved in is this enough mm-hmm. you know momentum but Majid will bring that out of him. Yeah, absolutely. Majid uh, is maybe the opposite. I'm sure he can play the pressure game, but Majid is, does his best work when he's loose and unpredictable, um, and he'll try and bring the match everywhere he can bring it. So a real clash of styles. Gonna be exciting to see how this match plays out. Um, both of these men finally making their who's number one debut uh, after making well Majid's ADCC debut uh, back in September, mm-hmm. and uh, JT of course a two-time ADCC world champion. Um, that's not the only match we announced yesterday, though. Uh, also on the card, two more uh, whose number one debuts: Jasmine Rocha mm-hmm. and Amanda Bruce.
1: Yep, both again, like you said, whose number one debuts. Got to love that. Jasmine Rocha has been going through all of 2022 and really putting a name, uh, putting her name out there. Obviously, her name is kind of out there. She's from a family of just jujitsu titans, right? But you know, that's she's not just staking her claim on her name. She's not staking her, you know, fame on that. She's going out there. She went to both trials. She's lost, obviously, to some of the athletes. But the athletes she's lo- losing to are the best in the world. It's names like Brianna St. Marie, who she lost to twice at the trial. So that's who took her out of the winner's circle. Uh, names like Fatima Klein. Names like Maisa Bastos. And Jasmine and uh, Amanda have actually faced off once before at West Coast Trials in the semifinals, it was um, you know right after Amanda had already taken out Tammy Musumeci. Both of them came in with quite a bit of momentum. So now we got to see him run it back. And again, adding more athletes to the roster is always what I think. Who's number one should be doing? Uh, you know the stars that we've built so far. You know they've taken Who's Number One, and they've taken their own brand just to the next level with the kind of exciting, dynamic matches they've already put on. And these are two more athletes that you're not going to find many names that are willing to open up and be exciting like they are.
0: Yeah, and and both of these women have earned their right to be on Who's Number One. I exactly. think uh, Jasmine Rocha had an incredible 2021, end of 2021 into all of 2022. Uh, she did really well in both the ADCC circuits and the IBJJF sur- circuit. She took second uh, at Nogi Worlds mm-hmm. um, at Black Belt in her rookie year at Black Belt. Amanda Bruce, uh, who we just saw here uh, with a Black Belt around her waist, just earned her Black Belt uh, at the very either end of 22 or the beginning of 23 um, after taking silver nogi world and also taking gold and nogi pans when she won nogi pans she submitted all of her opponents in a heavier weight category than she used to Mm -hmm. and i think she also took uh either second or third in the absolute division Mm -hmm. uh, as as a lightweight as a natural featherweight competing at lightweight Um, amanda is a finisher Um, she she's got great top pressure a great dars, great guillotine great armbar. Um, and a phenomenal wrestler. Both that—that's uh, true for both of these women. Uh, mm-hmm. Great wrestling, great top game. So, uh, two new high-level athletes that we get to build into the fold of the who's number one universe. And I think there's potential for them to exist in that top of the sphere for. For years to come, honestly.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This is this is going to be looking like maybe a little bit of a preview of what's to come for the future of you know the next names up in the women's division. Super fun.
0: Also on the card, uh, Oliver Taza, who's number one veteran. Yeah. Uh, you know, multiple time, who's number one veteran will be back this time taking on Jonatas Gracie, NOGI world champion Jonatas Gracie. He won uh, his first NOGI world title back in December. Uh, had a had a phenomenal run, excellent display of crushing pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, Jonathan Gracie making his who's number one debut. This n- another great matchup, mm-hmm. another clash of styles. Taza um, for a while was kind of labeled as just a leg locker. I think over the last couple of years he's been trying to show and successfully showing that he's got a great wrestling game, a great takedown game. Of course, a phenomenal guard and phenomenal leg locks. Uh, but Jonathan Gracie and the team he trains with over there at Atos have this deserved reputation for pressure passing and just excellent top pressure. Like I said, he showed that at Nogi Worlds, winning his Nogi World title by crush- crushing all of his opponents. Mm-hmm. So going to be interesting to see how these two... Um, how these two settle uh you know, settle this match
1: yeah absolutely, and again, taza has been on who's number one quite a few times before we've seen him uh, against you know several opponents, and I think um one of the things that uh people have critiqued him on is maybe not always being able to secure the win at least on this who's number one stage, however, we should point out. Like Some of his wins, especially looking back on them now, or some of his, maybe not wins, but losses, looking back on them now are actually much more impressive than we were originally looking at, looking at him versus Mika Galvao. Mika would later go on to make... Everyone on the mat looked like they should just give up their belts and go home, right? He did that basically all through 2022. So seeing Mika go out there against Taza, and i expecting him to, you know, dominate. Taza coming out there, making it a close match, one that's hard to judge, one that shows that he's at the top of the pile. I don't think, um, you know... I don't think Taza's anyone to look past despite maybe not having the most successful win column in who's number one. Well,
0: it's not only that Taza, I I think has also turned a lot of people away. Maybe that's a little harsh, but he's been a a phenomenal gatekeeper in some senses Mm -hmm. to the who's number one, uh, the who's number one universe. Right. Mm -hmm. In that, um, you know, Jonathan Alves made his who's number one debut against Oliver Taza. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oliver Taza, Nearly broke Jonathan Alva's leg and said, "Hang on, it's not that easy yeah. to compete here at the highest levels. Yeah. Let's let's hang on there." So, um,
1: keeping people honest there.
0: Taza for sure has his has his share of uh, remarkable wins as well, mm-hmm. um, and I think he's going to try and play gatekeeper again here against Jonathan's Gracie. Would you love to see it. Love to see it. Absolutely. Uh, one more match here that we announced earlier this morning. Renee Souza, the who's next veteran. Uh, we'll be taking on Kieran Kachuk in mm-hmm. Kachuk's. Who's number one debut so a lot of first timers here on who's number one but Kieran Kachuk I've got to say somebody I've been begging to have on who's number one for a while one of my favorite athletes out there uh, competing the uh, false reap aficionado <laughs> Kieran Kachuk going against the buggy choke expert Renee Souza
1: yeah Kieran is one of those guys that moves into the leg lock entanglements and out of the leg lock entanglements like someone I don't see like it looks like he's using his feet as hands not as an exaggeration, it, That that is used very often as like a kind of colloquialism, short ter- uh, shorthand for someone who's good at leg locks, but it legitimately, he moves in a way I don't see many people in the competition scene but he has a great opponent to match that style. Renee um, is obviously very well versed in leg locks. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm curious how it works, especially because Renee seems to like playing into obviously his buggy choke game. Obviously that's a very bottom centric, um, you know, approach. Uh, and he doesn't just have that, but that is something that's always in his tool belt. So it's, interesting to see how it's going to play out with Kieran being such a leg locker. Who's going to take the top position? Is Kieran going to use the top position to fall back into a leg entanglement game? Does Renee take top? And what's his game look like from there? Because I don't think we've uh, seen that forced on him uh, anytime recently. So super fun to see. Um, I'm excited for it. And, you know, we always love Renee. Renee's is a good friend of the show. So can't wait to have everyone back. And I'm just ready for who's number one. Who's number one gets, you know, that's like where jujitsu's happening right now. So it'll be good to have 2023 kicked off again with the show like it should be.
0: So who's number one? Of course, that, that main card uh, is now complete. Uh, who's number one on February 25th? Gordon Ryan versus Felipe Pena 2 in Costa Mesa, California. Um, go buy tickets. There are still not very many i think maybe 5 10% of them left so uh you might want to go go grab them yeah. uh link in the bio in our instagram also uh on the tickets available now article on the site uh go to flowgrapple.com, grab your tickets uh while you still can loads of fun you got to love who's
1: number 1 coming back around got
0: to yeah. love it one of the one of the biggest events of the year early on in february um and the who's number 1 train is just going to keep on rolling from there Mm -hmm. Um, As are we, let's move in to the recap from the 2023 IBJJF European Championships. Now, of course, that was a week away. We took a couple weeks off here so that we could uh, process things out in Paris, but things have been processed. And uh, let's dive right into, I think, some of the best performances from Euros. Um, One that jumps right to mind right away, Heinen Duarte.
1: (sighs) man he did not let the momentum let up from adcc 2022 where he just looked wildly impressive on his way to a world championship now he's coming back for the ibjjf scene ready to just crush everybody he gets 100 percent submission rate no points scored against him all the way through not just his own weight class but the absolute as well correct corey
0: yeah and so this is a, a significant win for Kainen for a number of reasons um Kynan duarte of course a two-time world champion already uh he has loads of IBJF credentials mm-hmm. major major titles to his name but this was his first title his first black belt absolute major title in in his career that feels right? so silly so. To me. So Kynan, who has won worlds several times, has never won an absolute title. This is his first big absolute title, and he jumped up to super heavyweight to do it. So he's also his first super heavyweight title. Maybe that's not as impressive. Just it's a change in weight class, but his first double gold, mm-hmm. um, and to do it with all submissions says to me that Kynan has found a home at super heavyweight. Oh, yeah. um, and we're going to hear from Kynan here in just a second, but I do want to highlight that, you know, it's one thing to hit a couple of submissions or to hit even seven for seven in submissions against the Hidazuchis and the Mason Fowlers and the, the load of uh, the load of opponents Kynan had, but to finish those with collar chokes from the back or, yeah. you know, very fundamental arm bars or yeah. even cross collar chokes from Mount. Yep, yeah. That's, Kynan looked so dominant and just we've seen him be positionally dominant through his career, right? Just very, very confident in his guard, patient, using the right timing to set up sweeps and getting on top and just crushing. But to do all that and then to drop down for – the most fundamental submissions out there shows that Kynan is on another level.
1: Yep, just like you said, finding a home at super heavyweight. How important do you think that move in weight class was towards his success in the absolute?
0: Uh, I think we should lean on Kynan to say that because he, he did say something specific there, but I, I think he feels that that was very important, and, and as do I. I think at heavyweight he's looked good. I think he's had to cut a little bit to get there. Yeah. Um, but why don't we hear from Kynan just about his, his whole— uh, the way the way he felt right after winning the absolute title there at Euros. Dan Duarte, double gold here at Euros, uh, your third, second and third gold medal. I thought it was interesting, your first ever major absolute title as a black belt. How do you feel right now?
2: Feeling great, I'm feeling like a giant. Feeling big, feeling happy. Uh, I was able to submit all my fights, so... Was like a big performance for myself, so I'm very proud of myself. Huge
0: performance! Uh, it looked like you were out with a mission, not just to dominate as you generally do, but also to dominate and put a, put a stamp on it with a submission. Was that your goal coming in?
2: Uh, that's every that's time that I go to a tournament, I try to submit. But like my coach says, like like every tournament is not like you 100% not the same every day, you know. So very happy with my performance and that's the difference you know what are, what are like good people and the world champion so i'm a multiple times world champion and then today i just show for the public i show for my teammates that uh we can do it i overheard
0: andre talking about kind of the way the, the kinds of submissions we did. yes it wasn't you know flare you know flying triangles it was arm bars and mounted cross chokes and chokes in the back. What is it about the like this fundamental style of jiu-jitsu that's been working so well for
2: you? Uh oh, that's the thing that you learn uh when you're white belt and work until you're like black belt. We have seen like Roger Gracie doing this stuff like forever, you know, and good things never get old. So I was doing the basic jiu-jitsu but with a lot of like technical, very little details. Even the final Andrea was saying like coaching me, oh it kinda adjusts your or grips and everything but i couldn't understand and then after he just showed me the position i was like oh so silly you know i've been training jiu-jitsu for like so many years but we don't know everything you know we're always learning kind of
0: uh, huge start to 2023 what's next this year for you
2: uh i'm not sure yet but i will be doing uh i'm not sure like right now like very like in few weeks, but for sure I'm going to do the words, uh, and maybe like some super fights. I want to fight against the best ones. I want to uh, fight against Nicolas Merigali, waiting for him. He calling me out, and then calling me out, but he he just postponed the match. He might need some more training, more more time to train. I want to fight uh, against Gordon also in the Nogi, and I just want to fight against the best ones, you know? Today I show everyone, I show the world what I can do. it.
0: One more question for you. I'll let you go. Both of your world titles are at super heavyweight. I think all of your excuse me at heavyweight. Heavyweight, all yes. All of your major titles are at heavyweight so far. How has this move to super for you, and what made what made you make that change?
2: Uh, f- because I was do- I was dominating uh, since my first year as a black belt. I was doing heavyweight everything. I I accomplished uh, all the major uh, titles at the heavyweight, and I was just feeling that's the time to change. Uh, Try something new, and also. Gonna be better for me to do the open weight because usually I have to cut weight to do heavy, uh, heavyweight division, and it was very, very tough for me to uh, compete against heavier guys cutting weight, you know. But now I'm feeling great, and you guys saw it today. Well,
0: it looks like it worked out for you. A huge day for you, a huge weekend for you. Congratulations! Thank you so much, man. Kind of Duarte feeling confident after that win, huh?
1: Oh man, I personally. After watching ADCC 2022, one of my only critiques of Kynan was, I want you to get on that mic and say things like, I feel like a giant. Say <laughs> things like, there's people that are good at jujitsu, and then there's world championships. So say that. make your call-outs. call outs. Yeah. Call out, you know, whoever you want. Call out the Marigali. Call out Gordon. And... Just in one interview, Corey, you have successfully changed how he approaches media. So congratulations to that. Uh, I just wanted to call out some of the crazy things we heard there. Uh, Some of those call-outs are maybe some of the most exciting narratives in, in the sport right now.
0: Yeah, I I for sure. I mean, we want to see the Gordon Ryan match, of course. We want to see the Nicholas Mergali match, of course. We want to see Kinda go out there and take double gold mm-hmm. at Worlds or try for the double gold at Worlds, of course. Um and after watching what he did at Euros, I believe he can he can he can for sure make make a claim for double gold there at at Worlds um and Really, I mean, he is on the. He has to be on the short list for the the top matches for Mergali, for Gordon Ryan, for whoever else is out there.
1: Mm-hmm. And we got a lot of Gordon fans all over with Flo Grappling, and that's because he's you know one of the best in the world, if not the best in the world. But don't, whenever you're talking about this potential matchup, whether it's between him and Mergalli, whether it's between Kynan and Gordon, don't forget Kynan can beat anyone in the world. Just because Gordon's went on a dominant run, he is proving to us that he is steps above, steps ahead of everyone that's in his brackets. And I think he wants to show that there isn't that much of a gap between Gordon, who thinks, who everyone thinks is way above everyone on a pedal, pedestal, and where Kynan's sitting right now. Only one way to find out. Yeah. Um, I do want to jump onto two
0: other performances there at Euros that... It impressed me equally. Kaynan of course looked phenomenal, but let's talk for a minute about Tynan Dalpra. Um, maybe no surprise that Tynan Dalpra submitted all three of his opponents to win gold at Euros for the second year running. Last year he submitted all four. This year he submitted all three. Just take a look at this oh back take before we go any further. I think I watched this fifty times. The next, the <laughs> oh, I, I just when you can pull stuff like that off in the final of an IBJJF major black belt tournament, you are on a different level. Tynan proving again and again that he's doing whatever he wants to out there. You know, a couple years ago when Gordon Ryan hopped on the mat and said, "I'm going to armbar Roberto Jimenez. I'm going to triangle Wagner Rocha." We were all we all lost our minds, yeah. right? Tynan's doing the same thing. Whether <laughs> yeah. or not he's calling it out, you know that he's going out there trying to sell his DVDs, trying to sell his instructionals, mm-hmm. try, trying to market what he is teaching. Um, That's something that only the best can do. And watching Tynan, it, it always looks like he's operating on slow-mo.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Full disclosure, before these shows, we come together and we, like, you know, get all our stuff together and rewatch some of the matches just to make sure that we're really up-to-date with what happened and we can talk about it in an intelligent way. And when this match came up, because I was just going through feed, and I really watched closely, my jaw dropped. I stopped (laughs) what I was doing. I was typing. I said, whoa, what just happened? And I had to bring Corey over to try and explain it to me. And even Corey, our resident jujitsu encyclopedia, Did not tell me what the name of this move was, so I'm just convinced Tynan made it up on the spot. But, man, what creativity. Man, what beautiful movement. You really can't ask for much more dominant performance aside from just hoping he goes into the absolute and tries to take, you know, (laughs) the title from Kynan. But aside from that, this is, I mean, close to perfection when it comes to how well you can compete on any given day.
0: There is a a really cool... uh, uh, video on I think it's on AOJ's Instagram or um, maybe Tynan's I can't remember it, it's on Instagram in either AOJ or Tynin or uh, uh, one of these guys profiles but of Tynin demonstrating this technique to ikero the the yellow belt or orange belt maybe from from AOJ but just showing this much younger super athlete essentially how to dem- how to do this move and just watching that level of demonstration um i felt like i haven't tried it yet I haven't been on the mat in a couple days <laughs> yeah, but um a little bit of a, a warning to all my training partners tonight that i'm gonna be trying this thing <laughs> i'm probably gonna fall flat on my face um but yeah I, I think like i said tynan operating on slow-mo out there um i did feel a little bit robbed though i have to say not seeing tynan versus Espen Matisse, which could have been a final. They were on opposite sides of the bracket. We had been alluding to the fact that this match was not just probable, but likely. Yeah, straight um, hyping it up. I mean, yeah, we and, wanted it to happen. And, I mean, let's be honest, the, the, maybe the, the second best or maybe one of the best uh, athletes in the middleweight division other than Tynan was was Espen Matisse. unfortunately, Espen uh, was the victim of a double DQ, or he was, in part, responsible himself, right, for being double DQ'd. These things happen, but both Espen and Tynan uh, were very quick to say when I spoke to them that they were really hoping for that match. So, it's in a, in a way, it feels a lot like that Tynan versus Levi match, right? Mm-hmm. The match that both these guys really want. that just can't seem to happen. I really hope we get Espen and versus Tynan Dalper soon, um, no matter where, whether it's at Pan's or at Worlds or on a Grand Prix card. Yeah, I would love maybe, to see it no matter where it is.
1: Yeah, maybe we have to run that ourselves. I think that's going to be one of those we're going to be chasing all season.
0: One more athlete uh, worth, of course, deserves a shout-out. Uh, the double gold champion at, uh, in the women's category, Gabby Basanya Keeping the streak alive, mm-hmm. Gabby Passagna is the reigning uh, double Grand Slam champion and added two more golds to it this time uh, all submissions at Euros to claim double gold. Um, Gabby Bassani just looking unstoppable.
1: Yeah, no surprise there. It, it seemed like she didn't even break too much of a sweat. Um, these are beginning to look a little bit like warm-ups as she goes through not one, but two divisions with the absolute included. Uh, super excited to see. We've been hyping up the Grand Slam, and it's so good to see that not only do we have you know, a uh, an absolute or a double grand slam contender in the men's division but Gabby's doing it again for us in the women's division holding it down love to see it great start to the IBJJF season 4 for
0: sure and we got to we got to catch up with her uh, after her victory, she did tell us that uh, she wants to double grand slam again. Maybe that's not a surprise. The the little bit of a twist on it is this year. She said she wants to do it with a dramatically better submission rate than she did last year. She I think she she just rattled off the numbers to me. Last year I had 34 submissions. Mm-hmm. This year I want to I want to double grand slam with way more than 34 submissions.
1: Yeah, she's really uh, putting her name in in a short list of best. I don't know if I don't know how much she has to accomplish, how many Grand Slams she'll have to win before we start talking about one of the best ever. Um, but like she's starting off that career in black belt with two of the best years you can imagine, trying to you know uh, take part on that adventure.
0: Absolutely, uh, Gabby Basanya already registered for Pans, already registered for Brazileros, already registered. Well. Worlds isn't open yet, but I imagine she'll be one of the very first to sign up. I have a feeling she'll do it. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I th- before you move on. I, I don't think we should move on quite yet. I think we're missing one athlete that we wanted to preview here. We had our very own Corey Stockton show up to Europeans. He went out there and made his name. He Look at this beautiful triangle setup. We He snapped some dude's foot. Our very own professor went out there and got it done. Corey, what was it like? It was
0: like a, I don't know. It was, it was definitely cool to get on the mat as uh-huh. a black belt. That was a first. Um, it was good to compete in the black belt ranks. But yeah. one and one doesn't feel like I, uh, I did quite enough. So maybe that's
1: enough for us. He's a champ in our <laughs> books. Corey Stockton, the professor. He is your 2023 European champion. You can check that out fact check me if you want but it's yeah, you true. might want to fact check that. <laughs> but you, you, you did great man i know i know all the fans love to see the flow guys get out there i love to see our teammates get out there we also had trey out there competing unfortunately he got injured early on uh messed up his rib uh you know had heart goes out to him but i'm glad you guys went out there not only did you get the chance to go see the best jujitsu jitsu in europe but you took part in it man that's that's history right there it's it's always fun to uh it, it's
0: maybe one of the coolest things about the shop right get to get to travel Mm -hmm. and uh see jujitsu be part of jujitsu and sometimes travel and do jujitsu sometimes that works out sometimes it doesn't work out (laughs) um yeah but no for real credit to trey who was literally walking on the mat with a camera in his hand so (laughs) that i can't imagine how much more challenging that is than you know taking the morning off and Uh and getting to do some jujitsu um let's return to the pros just for (laughs) just for a minute uh because i do want to shout out uh a couple here um, they continually overperform at Euros. Mm-hmm. Uh, frankly, they overperform everywhere. But May Sebastos, now a four time European champion. Ana Rodriguez, now a three time European champion. Felipe Andrew, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, made his move to heavyweight. It paid off for him. He is now a five time European champion. Um, and so many others just uh, performed incredibly well. I do also want to talk about the first time European champions. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about uh, Fabricio Andre, mm-hmm. right? He won the featherweight division. Jansen Gomez took gold at medium heavy in his, uh, I think he's still technically a rookie black belt.
1: Yeah, he's still. I think he's still in his rookie black belt season. But if you're a rookie black belt and you're really like doing that well at Euros, the rookie part is just kind of a tag. It's an asterisk. Yeah. It doesn't matter. He's he's as legit and as on the highest level as anyone else is. Yeah, for sure. Uh, J- Jansen
0: t- Jansen looked incredible, not just in his weight category but in the absolute as well. Uh, Andy Murasaki. Of course, took his first major black belt title in the, in the Gi. He won No Gi Worlds, mm-hmm. but his first Gi major black belt title at lightweight. I think he finished three matches mm-hmm. of his four matches. Incredible submission, right? looked great. Um, and then Malachi Edmond deserves a nod as well. Oh, man. Uh, he won the light featherweight division. In the final, he beat Pato, which a huge story because December 2021 – Pato submitted Malachi Edmond uh, to win Pato's first world title. Malachi, uh, proving proving that he's closing the gap, and he's still among the top probably three or four in the light featherweight division. Uh, his first major title as a black belt, great stuff for mm-hmm. all four of these, all five of these athletes, um, just tremendous.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and we saw some really intelligent – jiu-jitsu from Malakai. In particular, I think his finals match with Pato showed he has a lot of mat awareness. He's very aware of the rules. He got he got some real um, sneaky points there off of what was supposed to be a guard pool on Pato. Um, I believe it, just some really, really interesting jiu-jitsu, really interesting ways to win. And, you know, I think at least for me, whenever I looked at the bracket beforehand, Diego Pato is the name that stood out. You know, I'm putting my money on Pato, and I think Malachi really came in and kind of shook that up for, if not a lot of people, at least me.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, Malachi for sure uh, belongs in in the in the conversation for best light featherweights around right now, mm-hmm. um, and he continually proves it. But this is a, a strong little reminder, right? Yeah. That, yeah. Um, Let's talk a little bit more about these sixty-five and seventy-five kilogram divisions, right? The guys Mm -hmm. in that area, because later on this weekend, uh, on I think it's Saturday here, but it'll be Sunday in Korea. uh, Spider BJJ now operating under the name Chance Mm -hmm. returns. Uh, Spider, you know, has been featuring prominently a lot of these uh, top-level Brazilians, Americans, Koreans, um, just in that, especially in those weight categories. Uh, Chance is going to be two eight-man divisions, a 65 and a 75. The 65, um, really interesting to me, it's Diogo Sodre, Fabricio Andre, Kevin Carrasco, and many more. So the way this is going to work, right, there is a bracket of – a slate of three finalists, that being Sodre, Fabricio Andre, and Kevin Carrasco. There is also a pool of five other athletes. We'll pull that up in just a, uh, just a moment, but, uh, Mara Malvez, Shane hotel Taylor, Lucas Pinheiro, uh Sam Nagai, and help me out there. I'm blind.
1: No, no shot I could pronounce it. <laughs> w a n k i. I'm sorry. Wonky. Wonky Choi. Wonky Choi.
0: So, the three athletes in what are what's called the the finalist pool will select their first match from these 5 in mm. what's called the Blackpool. So let's say Fabricio Andre comes out and he says I want Lucas Pinheiro first. Oh. Right? Diego Sodre will come out and say I want Maram first. Oh. The remaining two in the in the five fight each other. That makes sense. Now we're in a bracket.
1: That's a really interesting way of choosing yeah. your bracket. Yeah. Do you do you expect um, you know number 1 seed to be looking for maybe a name that they don't recognize as much, one that they're not as worried about their jujitsu, or do you think we're going to see someone go, "Hey, I want the hardest match I can, I can get first round." So
0: I'm, I'm really interested here. Um, so the, the very first uh, seed, let's call it, is Diego Sodre. Let's say he chooses what, let's be honest, let's, let's call it an easier path and goes for Wang Yi Choy, maybe the, the lesser known name yeah. in the crowd, right? Which
1: easier path when? Mayrum and Samuel Nagai are in there right uh, no insult to to, to
0: my right. man Choi. that's now okay Fabrizio Andre gets his second pick mm-hmm. in here we have Sam Nagai who beat him twice last year yep. maybe he wants that back he's got Jamilho Taylor who he beat in the final at world he's got mayor Malvez he's got Lucas Lucas Pinero so no matter who he chooses it's an interesting match um but I, I like the stakes that go with choosing your opponent. Yeah, right?
1: it adds a lot of like personal choice there that maybe um, kind of being able to just have your bracket randomly selected for you takes away from it because you can go. Right. Oh, I'm just ready to see who you know comes up. I want a good match. The moment you call a shot, you have to own up to it. Oh yeah, I yeah, love and, that. And the other guy is gonna is gonna be there
0: thinking you. You called for this match yeah. with me. <laughs> oh, you want right. smoke. Right.
1: Yeah, no, I love that. And just adds up, this is Chance with two A's, as you can see on the right side of our screen. This is the former Spider Invitational. If you're not super familiar with Spider, because they've been on not a hiatus per se, but they haven't, you know, put their normal spotlight on themselves like they had maybe in previous years. This is where Kain and Duarte, <laughs> Levi <laughs> Jones Leary, some real stars of Jiu jujitsu, uh, maybe not... Made their name, but really helped you know propel their name Absolutely. into the spotlight. Um, and it's super exciting, Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, if it's anything like the old Spiders used to be, um, you know, it's a, a great production, great show. And I'm I'm super excited with this new format. You know, maybe we can get a little bit of drama in there <laughs> yeah, too. for sure. Yeah.
0: So that's the 65 kilogram division. I love any way that bracket looks. Just so many of the top level athletes at 65 kilograms at. 145 pounds. Um, winner of that takes away $10,000. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the 75-kilogram division, where the top three in uh, uh, in the, the finalist pool are Jonathan Pisania, Boon Shao Koo, and Sung Min mm-hmm. Right. They will get to choose from a pool of the following five. Marcio Andre, Nathan Schweng, uh, Andy Murasaki, Lucas Valente, and In Song Jang.
1: Okay, immediately when I look at this, it looks a little bit different than maybe how I would have seeded the first group, right? The first group, it seems like the names that um, I most recognize and that are probably some of the top performers on the IBJJF scene have scored that first, you know, one to three spot. It's kind of surprising for me to see some of these names, Lucas Alente, Marcio Andre, Andy Murasaki, on the I don't the second half of the bracket, but maybe that's just because of my ignorance of you know the top three athletes.
0: It's based on where they I, I believe it's based on where they performed in Spider's previous season, mm, okay. which so these three athletes have been the top performers in Spider uh, in previous years. But they, you're right; they have their hands full in their selection yet again. Right, Andy Murasaki, Marcio Andre, Lucas Valente, Nathan Schwang, and others. Uh, it, it's going to be a real interesting uh it's going to be very interesting to see who for example Jonathan Pesanya goes after first or who any of these guys go after first you have your hands full no matter who you pick
1: yeah i can't i really can't imagine going Let's give me Andy Murasaki first. You know what I mean, or or Marcio Andre. I'm uh, I'm really interested to see how that plays out. Are they doing these picks? Are they doing them live? Are we going to be able to watch along with that? Is that going to be announced beforehand? I think the the picks will be live. Yeah. Ooh, that's fun. That's fun. So maybe we'll get a little bit of commentary. Maybe they'll be able to explain their choices a little bit because I'm really interested, especially with that second one. When we look at maybe our first. Uh, you know, matchup we talk about, or our first division we talk about how they're going to pick, why they will choose their first round, how they will choose it, and it feels like a very different dynamic with that second one. So that's that's a that's a fun way of choosing
0: for sure. The seventy-five kilogram bracket once again ten thousand dollars on the line. I do also want to shout out quickly uh, the main event super fight, the special match uh, being featured on this card. Damian Maya coming back against Sungwoo Kim.
1: Ooh man, Damian Maya back on the mats in the gi. What are you thinking about
0: it? We got to see Damian Maya at BJ Stars not too long ago. Really happy that he is sticking to his word and staying active in uh in the jiu-jitsu scene now that he's retired from MMA. It was great to see him uh you know before ADCC he uh, took the mat training with uh with uh, so many of, of the top level athletes but especially Miki Val, that was a really fun round, really fun to see, uh, that Damien's still got it, right? Mm -hmm. And that he, uh, he is still one of the premier jujitsu athletes out there. Um, you know, now maybe taking a a different element, taking some of these masters matches and these special matches, these veteran or legend matches, whatever you want to call them. Right. Mm -hmm. But, uh, Damien's still, just exceptional to watch in the precision and the smoothness in the way he moves.
1: Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, I think we all have noticed that trend before. Like, obviously, lots of jiu athletes make their name, and sometimes they'll make that switch over to MMA, whether it be for, you know, the money or they just want to try something new. And then after their MMA careers, they make the switch back into a jiu-jitsu kind of direction, which I like to see to some degree. However, it does require, if it's going to be entertaining matches, that those athletes are still opening up, are still playing jujitsu in a way that adds excitement to the sport rather than slows it down, which maybe isn't always what you get out of the older athletes. However, Damian Maya is one of those guys that it doesn't slow him down. He comes out of his MMA career and he's still pushing the pace in jujitsu. He he approaches it like a fight um, and you don't really get to, you know, the problem of the master's division being entertainment right you don't find that with a guy like Damien maya he's always pushing the pace and uh you know he has he's obviously has his name and reputation on the line anytime he goes out there and he, he puts a lot of pride in that
0: for sure and it's part of that i think is that Damien has always been a submission hunter right mm-hmm. and when you're looking for the kill there's you know that stalling level of just hold and win does does not work and so those are the kind of legends that we like to see back in action once they've retired from their mma career or the guys that just want to do the best jujitsu and want to win via submission love it um uh, let's jump real quick into becoming dangerous uh the rise of Giancarlo Bodoni a couple of weeks ago it premiered uh sorry we missed it we're, uh, <laughs> we're, we're out of town but I hope you guys didn't I hope you guys got a chance to catch up mm-hmm. uh and and watch the film um hour-long film I was really impressed with uh with what everybody here did. And it, just added another layer to me, uh, of w- how significant that, um, that victory at ADCC was for Giancarlo Bodoni. Um, you know, I had followed Giancarlo through 2022, th- through 2020, 2022, um, 2021, watching him kind of grow into this, uh, ADCC winner. yeah, right? World champ. Right. But to. Go back and kind of catalog Mm -hmm. how he had lost when he lost and how he had won when he won and explaining maybe the the coaching process or the learning process or what went into Giancarlo changing from this athlete who sometimes lost to leg locks or sometimes lost by a couple of points or by an advantage Mm -hmm. to the guy who went in there and smoked everybody at ADCC, submitted three of his four opponents and really looked... At points untouchable um really incredible to watch if you have not watched it please go and watch it we'll, we'll uh show you a trailer in just a second but i also want to take a moment and point out there's another piece of john carlo content on the site
1: uh-huh Fix my game it. yeah fix my back. game
0: is back we finally brought it back uh chase has at least for the moment retired from hosting mm-hmm. i've taken over which mm-hmm. meant i got a chance to roll with Giancarlo Badoni. How and was that? It was, uh, definitely. It was a lesson, <laughs> you know, um, Giancarlo is, is phenomenal. He was going as easily as easy as he possibly could on me. And I nice guy. Helpless. I felt, I felt helpless. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> but just the, the precision at which he moves, right? The precision, precision at which he thinks. Um, so go take a look and fix my game. Um, mm-hmm. I, d- most of the round is is up on there, uh, but also a we couple... edited out the, the worst bits. <laughs> is that what you're saying? <laughs> but also, a couple of really important lessons, really valuable lessons. Um, one of which, the bolt cutter footlock from Giancarlo only the one he hit in the semifinal mm-hmm. against Owen Um We've actually pulled that out, so we're going to let him instruct you through at least a portion of that footlock. Take a look.
3: It's off of a cross, Ashi, when your feet you could hit it from a variety of different positions but the way that I hit it was when his feet were in here and uh, he was going in and attacking my leg and we were in this position and I was able to just go in and take his feet to the outside so I palmed my foot to the, to the outside and I started splitting his legs here um, and so from here this is just a variation of a toe hold. okay so it finishes similar to a toe hold, but it's a lot stronger just the way that I that I that I lock my hands um, we go in and we take this hand palm up Okay, so I started pushing the leg away. The more his feet are separated, obviously his ashigurami is more compromised. And so naturally, he's gonna to wanna to back heel and wanna to try to bring his legs in. So I started pushing, pushing, pushing. I felt the tension of his leg coming in and I fought it enough to bring the leg back. And as soon as the leg came back, I took my my uh my forearm over the toes and i try to line up my forearm right at the beginning of your training partner's toes okay i don't come too high where it sometimes can slip off the top i like to take just like you would with a regular figure four toe hold i would just take it in line with his pinky toe right here and i shoot the other hand underneath and it's all about locking up wrist to wrist so from here if you lock up palm to palm it's pretty loose so instead i go wrist to wrist like a butterfly grip and i pull his ankle right into my chest so now when he goes to extend the leg, he goes to turn out, it's tough. And because I, his, he's, he's the one initiating the Ashigarami, and because I have this stomp on his leg, it's hard for him to fight me with that second leg, whereas if I didn't have that, he could sometimes go in and start kicking and separating my hands. And also, it pins him in place, okay? So it makes it a lot harder for him to turn out of it, okay? Because ideally, like with, a, like with any toehold, he would want to spin out of it, okay? So this makes, it's not impossible for him to spin out, he can if he really tries and if he does, so he gives me back exposure. But when I wanna go in and finish, I go in and I am gonna give some degree of crunching his toes to his butt, but it really comes down to me rotating my, and pulling my right elbow to my, to, my, uh, to my hip. So my right elbow comes back to my right hip, and then from here, we get a tight toe hold. So I put, bring everything in tight, I crunch the toes in, but what really finishes it is the rotation, and then we get that finish. So it comes on a lot stronger than a regular toe hold. Like a regular uh, figure four told where I physically grab his toes, just because of the position of my
1: man. We have we have some people in the comments that say they actually watched the episode. They were calling out that deep arm guillotine you were showing me uh, earlier outside, right? That's uh, love to see that you're getting in there and getting some rounds in and helping us all with our own game. For so thank sure you for that, that,
0: Corey. That that high risk guillotine was uh, really a game changer. I think I hit it maybe six or seven times. That day after Giancarlo showed Mm me so um, man these these high level guys it's not just athleticism right it's not just uh, being in the room more it's also the attention to detail Um, and it's something we learn time and time again in uh, sharing rooms and sharing the mat with these top level athletes is yes it's about the amount of time put in and sure. yes, it's about the amount of after hours stuff put in, right? But it's sure. also just the attention to detail and the willingness to learn those details. And um there you know, it, it's what makes your jujitsu better. It's for sure what makes their jitsu better. Um, so I hope that we can uh, bring out a lot more Fix My Games um, in the coming... Whenever,
1: weeks, months, months, th- years. Weeks, yeah, yeah, exactly. Corey, I, I was curious. Um, what was your favorite moment from it? If you say this, you're cheating. By the way, you can't say the, yeah. the ankle lock.
0: No, there. Uh, I. Some of it made the cut. Some of it didn't. But there were a number of arm bars that, you know, John Carlo gave me the opportunity to attack, and I attacked. Um, and arm bars that work very well in the gym for me. You, you know, I'm an arm bar guy, mm-hmm. right? Um, and there, there are they're arm bars that I typically hit and. Even the moment I got in a position, I felt like, oh, I'm losing this mm. uh, because, yep. uh, because I was missing a key little detail. John Carlo showed me that key little detail, and um, it, of course, makes a difference. But, you know, attacking an arm bar like that, if everything is not in the right position, attacking anything on somebody at that caliber, if everything is not in the right position, it doesn't even feel like it's going to work.
1: Yeah, doesn't matter.
0: Right? Uh... I, I, cut them loose more times than I, <laughs> because this is worthless. Because yeah. they're just going to sit there anything. and look at you going, right. like, go
1: ahead, try right. it. Exactly. Yeah. You have one of the coolest jobs on earth, but I also love my job because it's totally normal for Corey to go, hey, let me get you in a guillotine over here. <laughs> and no one in the office really bats too much of an eye. It's pretty nice. I appreciate that. that it's it it, the one job on earth you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys have any athletes you want to see Corey do a fix my game with, though. Yeah, let me know. Yeah, let us know. Drop them in the comments. we got the chat open in YouTube. So, or just holler at your boy on Instagram, right?
0: Yeah, please, please tell me who I should let just choke and <laughs> break my arm. And, yeah, I'd love to hear <laughs> who you all recommend. Um, also, as we mentioned, go watch Becoming Dangerous. Mm-hmm. Really, really important film. I think it's uh, it, it did a really good job of detailing just why that moment at ADCC was so important for Giancarlo Badoni and really for us as fans to be able to witness. Um, I do want to get into upcoming events just real quick. Let's talk about what's happening in the next week or so of grappling, starting with Midwest finishers 12 on February 11th, really cool event. Um, a three on three women's tournament, um, featuring several of the, the top up and coming women in jiu-jitsu.
1: When you say three-on-three, three, can you break down exactly what that's going to look like? Are they going to be fighting each other at the same time? This will
0: not be a tag team match. Okay, <laughs> all right. Well, we missed
1: one, guys. Uh, Sorry. Yeah.
0: I, I, I'd be happy if we never see tag team Jitsu <laughs> again. But <laughs> um, so it's going to run kind of a, as a, as far as I know, uh, a sti- quintet mm-hmm. style tournament or like a subversive style tournament, yeah. right? Um, I go in match number one and my teammate goes in match number two and my team, my next teammate goes match number three, the winner of that uh, pool, that pool moves on to the next match and it's a bracket that way. There will also at Midwest Finishes 12 be an absolute tournament. Um, We will have the roster on the site. So you can see all of who is competing at Midwest Finishes 12. That takes place on Saturday, this Saturday, February 11th. Also on February 11th, uh, a, couple of other tournaments but uh mainly spider right chance spider mm-hmm. bjj um that's going to be in korea on uh, south korea february 12th which means february 11th here following week you're doing or,
1: great Corey. by the way you're doing great <laughs> just it holding home. it down yeah, right yeah,
0: yeah. um two weeks from then Tezos. who's number one gordon ryan versus Pan, and we talked extensively about this at the top of the show Uh, So all of the main card matches have been announced uh, and we're getting right back into this thing. The fourth installment in the biggest rivalry for me, the biggest rivalry in the history of grappling going to be just another epic match. I know both these guys have been really looking forward to sealing this deal, right? Getting this, this final match underway Mm -hmm. deciding once and for all. Um, And then the following day finishers combat, February twenty sixth, the main event, Kimoy Anderson. Uh
1: oh Kimoy, what's up, Kimoy? Hey. Yeah. Kamoy.
0: <laughs> He'll be looking to unify his title against Sean Yadamarco. They had to mm-hmm. uh create an interim uh middleweight title. So they will be unifying that title at Finishers Combat.
1: Lots of fun. Lots of fun.
0: And finally we have sorry, we got one more here. Uh oh. Flow Grappling Grand Prix, March 3rd. Of course. March That's 3rd, the Flow Grappling Grand Prix, the men's lightweight bracket, which features Andy Murasaki, Carlos Inhiki, uh Jonathan Alves, and I'm missing one.
1: Who we got? And a bunch of great <laughs> names that uh, we're gonna do some more previewing for. So it's okay. We, you know, you went through that whole thing pretty much by memory. That's four or five events, guys, that Corey can just rattle off names and dates for. Uh, so first off, great work on that. Um, but we do have the Grand Prix. We're super excited about it because that does give us the opportunity for some of these IBJJF stories, some of these IBJJF athletes that maybe we don't always get to follow until a major comes along, right? Um, you know, we get to do it. We get to just say, hey, we're not going to hope the bracket pans out for us to get the kinds of matchups that we're hoping for. We're just going to go out there. We're going to find the best matchups, and we're going to make it happen. Not only that, but it gives these athletes a chance to, you know, engage in some of the media that maybe they don't get to at a normal IBJJF, right? Sure, they get post-fight interviews at IBJJF, where you know, you get the press conference. You get the whole kind of who's number one feel of really getting to know these athletes and why their matchups matter, um, so really. Really excited about
0: Also, this one. the main event on that card. Uh, let's not forget Tynan Dalpra Izaki Bayans. a thirty-minute match. Yes. Um, I don't know if you guys caught it at Euros, but every time Tynan took the mat, Izaki sitting there behind the barricade, watching closely, watching Tynan get his hand raised, mm-hmm. really making sure Tynan knows He's I'm there. here. I'm not going anywhere, Tynan. Oh yeah. Uh, so Izaki, really looking forward to this match. I think the rest of us are as well. It's going to be. Um, with the new rules, the rule changes, which we haven't really gotten into, maybe we the next show we'll talk about them a little bit more because I've been very excited about the the reinterpretation of the rules that are going to apply to the GP. We'll talk about that. Let's let's talk about that next week. Yep. Um, But I think that's going to really change the dynamic of this 30-minute match in a way that satisfies uh, both athletes and the rest of the fans watching this make sure that we get exactly what we're hoping for.
1: Absolutely. And I think, I mean, obviously I don't think any of that or any of this is set in stone, but I'm looking at this as a great potential, like it's a test out, right? If we're looking at IBJJF rules and we're saying what can be tweaked, what can be done to make this as exciting as possible, This GP is going to be our first real experiment to see, you know, does it work? Is this something, is this a solution that can be done to raise the stakes for all matches everywhere? And I think if you're a jiu-jitsu fan or if you're just interested in the competition scene, that's got to interest you. One more
0: match I want to shout out on this card. We haven't covered all of it, but I am very excited for Ronaldo Jr., Francisco Lowe. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, just gonna be a banger of a match both those guys two of the fastest paced uh, most dynamic athletes in the sport today gi or no gi um so really excited to see what those guys bring we could carry on all day about uh, the rest of the abijay flow grappling grand prix and the rest of the events the matches coming up uh but next weekend starting off is loaded um stay tuned follow along with us Read the Grappling Bulletin. Go watch Becoming Dangerous. Go watch Fix My Game um, and stay tuned with all of the latest news, results, recaps, analysis, previews from, from Flow Grappling. Stay with us. Thanks for watching.
1: Thanks, guys.